live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on October 31st, 2017, Halloween. And I don't give a shit. I'm an adult. I don't dress up. Oh, are you a child? Oh, what are you going as? Oh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, are you adamantly against that one? Oh, that's not phony or contrived. Like everything. You can listen to this podcast and more just wonderment on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. So, like I said, I don't give a shit about Halloween. Um, I stopped caring after about 12 years old. Uh, and then after that, I continued dressing up. I don't know if I went my senior year, but after that, from like freshman, eighth freshman, sophomore, junior, I think we just dressed up to look like, you put like a mask on and then just wreak havoc in the neighborhood, just, you know, smashing things, throwing eggs at people. I think one year we filled up a super soaker full of piss and uh, shot it at people, which, again, absolutely disgusting. Um, pretty sure I've told that story before. But, uh, you know, just c- complete mayhem, you know, nothing about, not really screwing with other people's stuff that much more homeowners yeah uh again because you know i'd I'd totally accept that as an excuse these days if you know some kids oh listen i'm just oh okay yeah i got it great um i was in uh san francisco this weekend and you know i saw people dressed up because it was halloween weekend and uh I, i didn't put it together and i'm just like look at look at all these people like this is San Francisco. Like, I'm showing my brother. I'm like, this is how fucking crazy people are in California, especially San Francisco. Look at it. This guy is in a bar here next to his dress up as a king with this chick who is a queen. Like, I mean, what what is going on here? Rea sirena. Uh, in the middle of the day. I know. Um, but eh, two and two together, so. Yeah, so like I said last podcast, the brother-in-law is in town. We're showing him all the, uh, I keep leaning on this, uh, all the, you know, all the sites around here. Did the whole bullshit. San Francisco, drove up goddamn big hills, and uh, my Golden Gate Bridge was foggy. He wanted to see it, couldn't see it because all the fog. Uh, what else? I did Alcatraz, which is all second time I've been there. It's awesome, so awesome. I'm so evil too. Like we got off the, uh, we went on, like one of the last. You're supposed to get tickets like two weeks in advance, and I of course got it like the day in advance. So we ended up getting like a really late uh, tour there on uh, Sunday. And it was fucking freezing. So we're sitting there, we're on the boat to leave. And they're like, 5.55, boat leaving Alcatraz, back to San Francisco. And uh, I'm just sitting there in the boat waiting to see people, like, struggle. Because you can come around this path, or you can come down from the main cell block, and you see these people, like, struggling to get there. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for them to be like, nope, full, motherfuckers. This thing's leaving. Because it's only, like, once an hour. And I, unfortunately, I saw this, like, fat white trash family make it while this, like, other family that was, like, running with a baby. They are like, nope, nope, sorry. And I was waiting to see him flip out or something. No, no, that didn't happen either. Very, very disappointing. I'm fucking diabolical. So, what, what, a, what a great opening, huh? So, uh, involved in that was no football watching. Yes, I am becoming one of those people. Just like, uh, you know, Jesse Spector, who wants uh, Twitter accolades. I barely watch football I don't watch any football this week. The only football I watched was, God, just like Jesse Spector. Uh, I walked by a bar and saw the score of the the, uh, the Patriots game. Patriots trading Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, which making no sense. They Adam Schefter, who is the Ken Rosenthal of uh, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, basically, of the NFL, said that a few months ago that they would not trade Adam Schefter for four first-round picks. They drafted him in the second round. They traded him for a second round pick. Uh, I don't know what happened here. Tom Brady is not getting any younger. Obviously, there are some questions, and that's going to come out as time goes on, including how much of a pervert and uh, a monster 
Kevin Spacey is. I don't think we've heard the end of that story either. But, uh, yeah, I don't give a shit about the NFL. So, uh, I really have nothing to add to the NFL. I guess Zach Thomas, uh, the great Simon Yonkers, brought up in the last podcast said, I said, you know, stop praying for athletes. And now Zach Thomas of the Bears was widely reported. I think he's doing better. Widely reported that he may lose his leg. So, uh, I guess I'm going to have to eat crow and say thoughts and prayers. Hope you don't lose your leg. We're not about that, the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. It's vulgar. It's, uh, you know, it's cynical. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say nefarious, but um, we're not about losing limbs. Unless you're Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. But uh, let's jump in. The World Series, um, obviously, everyone has a take on that Game 5. You know, I was up too late. Oh, what baseball has a problem. Well, I'm on the West Coast. I really don't see a problem whatsoever. It's, it went a little late, but, you know... I think they should get the games a little earlier, but to, like, lose your shit over it, I, I don't know. I, is that is that really what you want to do? You're going to take that stance just because everyone else is? Which, I just sort of went off last night on Twitter about, and nothing really happened, but there's there's two people in particular that, that sort of inspired this. Well, one of them I'm actually talking about today, but, like, imagine being, like, a young journalist now. Like, all, if, if you're on Twitter... All these people, all these guys, all these aspiring journalists or, or young journalists all have the same cookie-cutter fucking opinion on everything, and that's to glorify the sport they're covering. Never a negative word said. Nothing. Sports journalism is basically just a PR team. Now, that's the way it used to be. That's the way it used to be. These guys used to fucking, you know, hide these stories about how much of a drunk Mickey Mantle was. No, no one even knew until years later, unless you were close to him, how much of an alcoholic he was. And now, 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 these guys—they want to throw a parade. They want to cheerlead. They want to throw pom poms for everybody. So I was just thinking, like, what does the future hold? What does the future hold for? Are they going to become irrelevant at all in the future? I mean, will agents basically become authors and 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 writers and journalists and start doing this stuff? So I was thinking about the World Series, and you know, Yasiel Puig. I was having this conversation with a great uh, follow on Twitter, Bones of Houdini. Great, great, great follow. And we're talking, you know. He mentioned Yasiel Puig was fucking nobody. He was off the face of the earth. He comes back, plays better, licks a bat, you know, does a bunch of shit, and everyone thinks he's like God's gift to fun boy baseball. It's such contrived, forced bullshit. Imagine being a young journalist and being like, yeah, you know what? I, I really don't like Yasiel Puig's act. I mean, you'd be barred. You'd be you'd be kicked out of Hollywood as if you said something bad about Harvey Weinstein before before, you know, we found out he was a creep. Or the world found out he was a creep. I mean, imagine having a dissenting opinion. And the great Simon Yonkers, again, that's twice in seven minutes. You know, brings up, what about J.R. Smith? You know, J.R. Smith, the guy who, who is drunk, comes to games and practices hungover, makes terrible decisions, is a streaky shooter, sometimes he's really good, killed his friend. And he's a national treasure. Oh, I love him. Marshawn Lynch pushes a ref. Oh, beast mode. I mean, everyone's like a bunch of fucking eunuchs. What, I, I, awful announcing, which is some, some days I like awful announcing, some days I don't. Like they have their hot take of the week sort of thing. Um, this week in hot takes. And basically they, they are part of the, the new age. Oh, let's all fucking dance around in a circle like a bunch of assholes and say what's so great about the sport. I love this. You have to love this person. That's, that's a must too. You have to quote, quote tweet something and then say, gotta love this person. No, what if I know? No, I don't. No, I don't have to like that person. Am I fucking sounding like Phil Mushnick right now? Possibly. He was one of the people in this week in hot takes. You don't have to be all Mushnick. Like he's, he hates Puig. 
But like, d- do we have to do this fucking phony? Like, oh, we gotta love him. Gotta, lo- gotta love we. I mean, the way he plays. Oh, and if you hate him, then you're just an old man. But the Grandpa Simpson fucking old man waves fist at Cloud. Like, is that all you have? The same fucking garbage? It's bullshit. Anyways, uh, where the hell was I? I forgot what I was talking about. J.R. Smith, he killed a guy. And we still do all this. No, no, I'd moved on from that. <laughs> What the hell was I talking about? All right, Mushnick. Mushnick saying something about, I don't even remember what it was. But then Dan Shaughnessy, also in that awful announcing thing, who basically, you know, was shitting on Adrian Gonzalez, who is garbage, by the way. A guy who has whined his whole career about him being the cooler, basically the mush uh, to the Dodgers, so much that the Dodgers don't even want him on the team. He was in Italy. He's, he's out for the year. That's Maybe if you're wondering. He's also been replaced by Cody Bellinger. Adrian Gonzalez, you are nothing. Um, maybe come back to Boston. Try it again. Schedule less Sunday night games. And they're just like, oh, look at these old relics. <laughs> yeah, let's have more Jesse Specters and fucking Ted Bergs so we can just fucking fillet the athletes. Everything works in circles. Just like the same ones that filleted Babe Ruth and all that. We'll do the whole same bullshit again. Oh, did you read that piece on something? Yeah, they kissed his ass for fucking 10,000 words. Oh, hard-hitting. Anyways, I don't know where all that came from. I just started, and I just started tweeting it, like, randomly last night because all my followers are on the East Coast, and it's, like, here, it's, like, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm just like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to tweet to myself, and then people, then I'll wake up to, like, 25, you know, mentions and be like, well, the actual is it? But anyways, no one really gives a shit about this. Brian, um... Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. So let's start with the World Series. It's been a pretty damn good World Series. Now you hear the balls may be juiced. Players are talking about the balls are more slippery. I couldn't care. I could not care any less than if the balls are juiced. I really couldn't. And people say they love pitchers' duels. You know what? If you're above, if you're below the age of like 50 or 60 and you say you love pitcher duels, you're a liar. You're, you're, you're just a liar. You're saying that to fit in with the crowd. What did Vince Scully say? Here's another one, Vince Scully. I'm so sick of Vince Scully's stupid face. I respect everything he's done. That man, how many, how many people do you know in this world that have held the same job for like over 60 years? Not many. That's impressive. And the guy was good at what he did. But this like, again, this forced, contrived, fucking unison, you know, pom-pom waving stuff for Vince Scully one. I'd say all the people on Twitter that are doing that, maybe 5% of them have ever listened to the equivalent of an entire game done by Vince Scully. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. We need more Vince Scully. We need more Vince. Imagine if Vince Scully died in the middle of the World Series. Imagine that. Can we, I, like, I see people, can Vince Scully live another 600 years? Why, so we can look like Larry King? Like, no, we don't want this. And not that I want Vince Scully to die, but you know what I mean. Like, they let that, that old man sing Wind Beneath My Wings. Like, the players must have been like, what, what the fuck is this? Like, what is going on? Why is this senile old man... Like, singing to a baseball stadium. And, and speaking of senile old men, why is George Bush, George H.W. Bush being carted out into public? It is, it is not a pretty sight. I mean, when he's not looking just cryptic, he's grabbing women's asses, which, again, we're going to call him a sexual assault, assaulter. I mean, what he's doing is not appropriate. I'm not saying, you know, again, I'm not going back to Don Draper and Roger Sterling saying, oh, hey, uh, come on, that's the way it is. Toots, uh, come on, give me another drink. Yeah, there we go. Get back to the kitchen and make me a fucking steak. But, I mean, that happens. He, he's diagnosed with like some sort of dementia, I believe, right? I mean, if he had these accusations when he was a president and this continued now, then I'd understand. But I'd never heard anything before. 
So deal with it. Uh, but the World Series itself has been great, and that Game 5 was amazing. I don't care what time it ended. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, they, they went to him on the sideline, and uh, he looked a bit tired. He looked like he was a little perked out. I don't know if he starts scratching himself or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, great game. So right now, on uh, before I do this, obviously the game has not started yet on Thursday. 3-2 uh, Houston lead. I'm rooting for Houston. I'm rooting, rooting, rooting for Houston. They have Justin Verlander on the mound. Uh, it could it could be dicey though. Mike Francesa said that today uh, that if you know he pitches well, he could be looking at the Hall of Fame. So Verlander's got a lot to think about other than Game Six. He's got Hall of Fame, uh, you know, Hall of Fame uh, acknowledgement endorsement from Mike Francesa on the line. So settle up, settle up, settle in, Justin. There we go. Uh, a Rod and the crew. That crew. I, I I think we've we've had about enough of them. Frank Thomas. He was pretending to be so tired after Game 5, like exhausted, tired, and no one looked at him. He did it for two special segments, two separate segment, segments. Two, maybe you should be on the crew, Brian, and learn how to talk. Um, but he, he pretended to. No one paid attention to him. He adds nothing. Listen, Keith adds nothing to A-Rod with just amazing nuggets. You know, they were in Houston, and he sang, uh, you know what? This this Beat LA chant really reminded me. I mean, I, it takes me all the way back, Kevin, and it takes me all the way back to thinking 1985 Boston Garden, we beat LA. It's like, wow, wow, A-Rod, man, I, man, you, you deserve whatever Fox is paying. I would have never thought that. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, where a fucking, you know, a chant was derived from would make you remind that. It's crazy. Good job, Alex. By the way, did you see, um, there, there was some, was it Esquire or one of those like phony fucking magazines that like, like rich men who own condos in Manhattan and drink martinis and I don't know. Love to smell their own farts. Read Esquire, GQ, something about him and J Lo, and it is the biggest phony story you have, you have ever heard in your life. Even though you know Twitter loves it, gotta love A Rod. They all love A Rod now. He's another one. You know he tried to ruin people's lives, uh, including his own cousin. But oh, he, he's just a darling. Oh, he's just amazing. I want him to manage the Yankees. Yeah, he's gonna fucking go around for 162, 82 games on the road. Oh yeah, I'm sure Alex wants to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And wear a uniform and fucking you know make pitching changes and yeah, nice try. I don't think so, but uh, it was about him and Jennifer Lopez's first date, or they didn't even know it was a date. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Vanity Fair, you know, just another one. Does anyone actually get a subscription to Vanity Fair? Or do you read that in like the doctor's office or or uh, some high-scale barbershop? I remember the barbershops I used to go to were the Playboys and places reeked of cheap cigars. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a throwback, you know, I'm, I'm like the old media. This new media I'm not with. Um, so... Let's see. I will read to you this this little excerpt here. Uh, I guess this is this is this is J Lo talking. I mean, th- these two are so vomitous. But anyways, before we get to that tap, we talk about their first date when they when they met for dinner at the Hotel Bel Air. He was sitting there in his white shirt, very confident and manly. But then he was just so talkative. <laughs> oh God! Like these two have never met before. This is the biggest bullshit of the story. Like they've never met. Like oh, it's a blind date. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. That's what you do. Oh my God, what do you do? Like oh God, will you cut the garbage? She says. She didn't say that. I said. I think he thought I was going to be this loud person, but I'm not. I just listen. So he's talking, talking about his plans, about how he had just retired from baseball and how he saw himself getting married again. All these things you. What is, my mother says bike paths in New York dangerous. Okay, I don't I don't know what that means. It must mean something must have happened in New York City. Uh, thanks thanks for derailing the podcast, Mom. Jesus Christ! Now I'll never get on part of my take. Um, 
I just listened. So he's talking, talking about his plans, about how he had just retired from baseball and how he saw himself getting married again. All these things you wouldn't normally talk about on a first date. I don't know if he thought it was a date. I thought it was a date. Then I knew he was nervous because he asked me if I wanted a drink. I said, no, I don't drink. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And he asked if I had my, if I minded if he had one, he was nervous and it was really cute. None of this actually happened. It was all a lie. I don't know if it was a date, Rodriguez says. Maybe we were just seeing each other at night because of her work schedule. I went in uneasy, not knowing her situation. Like, can you get a truck large enough for this horse shit? He continues, it would be incredibly productive for me to sit with one of the smartest, greatest women in the world, especially for a guy like me who's coming through tough times, rehabbing himself, reestablishing himself to folks out there. I thought it would be a win-win no matter what. Yeah! Then she told me around the third or fourth inning that she was single. Third or fourth inning. Does Alex Rodriguez like talk in like human life in like baseball context? Like, yeah, so how long was the movie? Uh, about sixth inning. And you really start to see the plot move along. She told me around the third or fourth inning that she was single. Like you had no idea before. I had to get up and go readjust my thoughts. I went to the bathroom and got enough courage to send her a text. Back to J-Lo. So I'm sitting there and he's walking back and I got a text. Lopez continues. It says, you look significant. Oh, it says she looks significantly at Rodriguez. Oh, God, they're fucking sitting there doing a dual interview. You can tell her, he says, you look sexy AF as fuck, she tells me. They both laugh. And then it took a turn, Lopez says. The fire alarm went off and we had to evacuate. I laugh thinking she's being metaphorical. No, really, she says. The fire alarm went off. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Like fucking Romeo and Juliet, huh? Of the just the two narcissistic fucking humans on the planet. Oh, boy. Who would have thought they found true love? <laughs> Unbelievable. If anyone actually believes that, you, if anyone actually believes that, then you believe, you know, Kevin Spacey was just fucking, you know, using his paternal instincts to talk to Anthony Raff that, that night when he was 14 years old. The, the original person that, that tweeted this, you know, 157 retweets, retweets, 305 likes. And then let's see all the the just sniveling pieces of shit that respond to this. Yo, I'm hooked to the J-Rod. I just can't get over how much of a nerd A-Rod is. I love him so much. Oh, God. A-Rod being completely relatable is the greatest 180 turn in human history. I don't hate it at all. As if you wouldn't do that. A-Rod is the most relatable person. Uh, Anything else here? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Sly dog. Oh, my God. (laughs) They drove by me in a golf cart at Minute Maid, and I nearly passed. No, shut up. All these, it's all the media people fucking just tweeting at each other. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, AF, lit. Fuck you. I don't even have a point to this podcast. Just me bitching. Like, I I know a lot of the other ones are too, too, but I mean, this one is, uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so that's that's my take on that bullshit. Staying in baseball for a second. Joe Girardi, you know, not fired, but they decided not to bring him back. And I'll say, you know, I have sort of mixed thoughts with Joe. I, I didn't think that, you know, I had the emergency podcast where he deserved, where I said that, you know, it was a fireable offense, what happened in that game two against Cleveland. Got through it. Got to game seven of Houston. Um. It, Excuse me. The Yankees said they wanted something, some someone that's more analytical, more by uh, I guess more sabermetric savvy. I mean, Joe seems to just 
go against like the the traditional go with the hot guy. I mean, he uses the numbers. I, I'm not really sure what the reasoning was there. I don't know if it was something mutual with Joe. It, it seemed like it was something mutual before the actual announcement, but then afterwards it seemed like more on the Yankees side. In New York Yankee land, 10 years, one championship is not good. But, you know, he really wasn't given the best pieces a lot of times. He was given, you know, Cashman went with that. that and Cashman, listen, he looks like we, we he's been getting a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of accolades because he deserves it. But, I mean, for a long time he was bringing in old aging superstars that, that couldn't get anything together. And especially Cashman's pitching record is fucking garbage. Do you want to say Joe's the best? No, but he's definitely not the worst. I I would have liked to seen them sign him for, you know, a couple-year contract. I don't know if that's something he'd be interested in. But uh, now where do they go? I mean, you're definitely going to have to see an interview with uh, – you're going to have to interview Tony Pena. He's a guy who, who won manager of the year, and then nothing has happened since then. You have to wonder – these great mysteries when it comes to managers. You know, Willie Randolph, too. Now, you know, Willie was kind of clueless sometimes, but I mean, he, he did have a good team that you know, went to the just an, an, a few innings away from the World Series. I mean, and he was part of those epic collapses, which, again, I mean, you can't only blame the manager so much. And what, listen, the Mets want to fire him, go for it, but why hasn't he gotten a job anywhere else? What's, what's his best? He's got a bench coach with the Brewers. Now he comes back for Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium. I think Willie Randolph's better than that. I think he should get another shot. Tony Pena, who else? I, I, I don't. I. Usually when you get rid of somebody, there's like this hot guy, like, Jesus Christ, hot guy. Uh, really, um, really hot manager waiting in the wings. Uh, you don't hear anybody. I mean, it is still October 31st here. So, I mean, there's still the the, the winter meetings, the hot stove, uh, ready to kick in. But, I don't know, it's all mum in Yankee world right now. All, all, all mum. So... I'll miss Joe. Uh, I know a lot of people, oh, Joe's gone. They'll finally, finally put, uh, you know, Mike Francesa's, you know, his, his statement always about Joe. If they get rid of him, they will, you know, he will find a job in five minutes. So we'll see if, see if uh, well, five minutes have gone by. So he's obviously wrong. But um, that's that. Uh, what was the other thing I want to talk about? Oh, about about football real quick. The, the, the Texans owner uh, said the inmates running the prison. Now, I've said before on the podcast, the play of football is not that great. That's one of the things that has sort of, uh, you know, deterred me from tuning in for eight hours on Sunday. I never watched the Thursday night game, Monday night sometimes. I guess there was a good Monday night game last night, and I didn't, I, what did I watch? I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I, uh, I think I, I read, I read a book. <laughs> I, that's right. I read. Um, but what did I read? It's about uh, Thomas Jefferson and the uh, the, tr- the Barbary Pirates, the Tripoli Wars. Yeah, it's, it's somewhat interesting. The Forgotten Wars. And uh, and the other thing, yeah, so where, what am I going? Jesus Christ. So, yeah, the, the, the style of play, the, 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 the quality of play, and, and the kneeling. I mean, I'm at a certain point right now where it's like the NFL needs to make a decision. They all need to come together, be completely open to every single person kneeling or ban the entire thing. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Let it happen. I just want to stop talking about it. I mean, if people want to talk about it, go for it. I don't want to hear about it. So this guy says inmates running the prison. Now, obviously the old common term is inmates running the asylum. Every job I've ever had in my entire life, my supervisor has used that term. 
every single one, whether it's a kitchen, whether it's working with inmates, whether it's, you know, wherever it may be. And I'm not going to give you all where I fucking worked. But he obviously changed the word. Uh, he changed the word. In my personal opinion, I still think there would have been backlash if Stephen, if it was inmates running the asylum. But uh, it wasn't, so we'll never know. Um, here's the thing, too. So when Colin Kaepernick originally kneeled, it was about police brutality. And then it was about Trump. Now we're kneeling for the national anthem because the owner said inmates running the prison. I mean, is it is kneeling just a thing now? I mean, we're going to get to the point where the kneeling act is... I don't mean act as in tired act. I mean, the act of the actual kneeling is going to be so watered down and... You know, someone's just going to have like a personal issue with their owner and they're going to kneel like it's it's getting played out. Well, I know some people say, well, you know what else is getting played out, Brian? You know, people being innocently killed by cops. That's getting played out, too. And I get that. I get that. But I, I, I that is one of the reasons I don't watch. I don't find it interesting. You can say, well, I guess you don't care about your common man. Well, I guess I'm just a fucking monster then. Speaking of monsters, let's talk Kevin Spacey. So, an amazing actor. Um, I stopped watching House of Cards after his wife, like, yelled at the Russian president, like, on TV in Moscow. Uh, It wasn't that I was, like, so uh, annoyed by it, which I was, but it wasn't like, I'm not going to watch this show anymore. I just haven't gotten back to it since then. But that show will no longer exist. Uh, I guess what, well, there'd be one more season that's already done, but after that, so Kevin Spacey is sort of a monster, I guess, right? Uh, in his revelation that he is gay, he also apologized for something he doesn't remember doing, but listen, if you did, I'm really, really sorry about it. And that was just basically throwing himself on top of Anthony Rapp, uh, an actor, which, you know what, he's credited with all this stuff, but we also forget he was an actor in one of the greatest movies of all time that is dazed and confused. He's the one with the blonde hair with uh, Adam Greenberg. Uh, he's the guy with him. And it's funny. He's always he's the uh, he's the one who's going to be a senior dating the eighth grader at the end of the movie or trying to, you know, he's interested. They, they make out, actually. Yeah. So that was always a little dicey in high school. You know, you, you, I never I never partook. But, you know, you see people, you know, seniors dating freshmen, sort of. I don't know. I mean, listen, I mean, it's only a few years, but you're thinking, you know, this one, you get a senior, you get a, you're an, possibly an adult, ways just from college, and you're with this other person who is, you know, right there coming out of middle school. Tough spot. Tough spot. Oh, always a little dicey. Uh, statutory rape, eh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, Spacey's done that, and what I hear from the great Kirk Menahan of the Kirk and Callahan show on WEI Morning Show, uh, I said, get ready, there's more coming. And he predicted that something bad was going to happen with Kevin Spacey. He predicted it a few weeks ago. So he's saying, you're going to hear more revelations. You're going to hear more accusations to Kevin Spacey. Now, apparently, like, his father was, like, this monster predator to children as well, which I did not know about, uh, and I don't have all the details, so I'm not really going to go much farther. But uh, Spacey's done. He, he is done. I said that on Twitter yesterday. I said, he's done, finito, you know, just like, uh, you know, Mad Dog would say. And... Someone brought up, yeah, doubtful, what about Rome Polanski? And I was like, yeah, what's Rome Polanski doing? He's, you know, out in Switzerland or Sweden or wherever. He's, he's, he ain't ever coming back here. And I first was under some, like, for some reason I thought that he, like, was accused of rape, like, 10 years ago. That was in 1978 he fled. He's been making these movies, and Hollywood has been working with him since then. 
Like, how fucking scummy is that? I know. I'm, I'm totally, like, out, out of the blue here. People are going to be like, yeah, Brian, not exactly breaking news here. Um, but I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was like a decade ago. No, this was, a lo- this was before I was born. And that's old. So maybe he isn't done, done. But I think in 2017, stuff sticks more. I think the, the thing that changed everything, I don't say changed everything, but at least in sports and society and the way we sort of look at women, at least, I think the Ray Rice video was bigger than sports. I think that changed a lot of things. Now, the counterpoint to that is, oh yeah, well, what about our oldest Chapman? Oh, what about, you know, stuff that isn't on video? Yeah, I, I, you're right. You're right. Um, it's, it is a fine line, but I, I feel like horrific crimes are, they stick more now. They stick more I, again. And I'm sure lots of people can come up with examples. What about this guy? Oh, yeah, what about this? James Winston. He seemed to walk away, huh? I know. Okay. Fine. The fucking point sucks. Jesus, get off my back. So we'll be interesting. You're seeing Hollywood devouring itself. Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. Who's next? Vin Scully, perhaps? Yasiel Puig? No, no, don't let it be true. They're my heroes. They're national church. Go fuck yourself. I guess in the last thing, and this is kind of old news now, but I forgot to mention it the last two podcasts, and that was um, Barstool, which I hate Barstool, but uh, you got to give them credit uh, to a certain extent that uh, they made TSPN with their, their van show, Van Talk, to talk, uh, whatever it was, I didn't watch it, who gives a shit, but the big story obviously was, um, well, the fact that they're sellouts, the fact that, you know, part of my take, which is probably the most popular, maybe I did talk about this on the podcast, I forget, maybe I already did, did I already, well, who cares, I know, I've never repeated myself on this thing before, right, the, the fact that they, yes, I have talked about this, but uh, they were canceled after one episode, now, I hear the stoolies, now, stoolies are, they, they kind of represent almost like a like your hardened political uh, pundits to a designated party. Definitely like the Trumpkins, for sure. They will not take any criticism. They will believe anything their leaders say, and they will attack anyone who says anything different. Now, I know, I know you can hear some Trump people say, oh, like Democrats don't do the same thing, but you know what I mean. Uh, and, and, and I don't know what it is, but it seems like the hardcore, like, MAGA idiots always seem to find this news from, like, these, like, ridiculous sources. Like, oh, yeah, you, you didn't hear about Podesta, did you? Oh, it was on fucking, you know, allinfoworld39.com. It's just like, oh, oh wow. Really? They said that? Oh, jeez. No, no, not them. Um, But the Stoolies, like, they said, you know what? It doesn't even matter. You know, it's embarrassing to ESPN, which it is. The fact that you would hire these guys, then get upset about their brand when their brand had already existed, and you got rid of them after one episode. It makes ESPN look stupid. You hear the stoolies say, oh, uh, yeah, well, that, that, that's, that just helps Barstool. It just gets some more exposure. Now, let's, let's talk about the percentage of people that watch that first show. Would you say at least 75% are Barstool people? Uh, that they already have in their, you know, in their grips to begin with. And the rest of the people that are drunk or, you know, perked out of their mind like Ken Rosenthal, sitting there at 1.30 at night, do, do you think that they're going to like be like, whoa, that show was so mind-blowing. I am going to take up all my time that I have watching random fucking ESPN2 shows at 1.30 in the morning and dedicated to BarstoolSports.com and all these other podcasts. What a fucking revelation there. Holy shit, what a discovery of this golden nugget. ESPN looks clueless. I don't think it really helps Barstool. I think it makes them... 
uh, it makes them kind of look stupid, but not really, not even close to ESPN. I think it also yeah, it makes it makes uh, Barstool sort of sort of uh, I don't want to say stops their growth, but I mean it continues their popularity, obviously. But I mean they only really have one other venue, and that's Fox Sports. And if not, they'll have to start their own network, which I don't think they could support. No, 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 Stooley, no, Saturdays are for the boys. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Boy, what an angry, fucking haphazard, unorganized podcast. That is that is the Red Ticket Blues. Uh, that, that's, that's the way we do it. That's the way we fucking do it. So I want all of you to get ready and uh, get ready for baseball tonight. Don't stay up too late, you know. They're catering to kids, you know. Look at the crew they're going to have with fucking... Dodger Stadium tonight. Larry King, Mary Hart, Tommy Lasorda. Uh, who else? <laughs> oh shit! All, 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 all the young kids. All, all the kids that thirteen girls are thirteen year old girls are talking about. All those people. Did you see Tommy Lasorda's crotch shot? <laughs> Anyways, uh, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. So I hope everyone enjoyed this. You know, maybe I'll do another one this week. I don't know if I will. So maybe I should not say those things because then I look like uh, one of those people that says things and takes them back. You know, we made a, you know, we called the restaurant and, yeah, let them know that we would like a table. Hey, uh, hey. All right. Uh, with all that being said, come on up. Get all up in your guts Prince vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe Even caramel sundaes is getting touched And scooped in my ice cream truck To it up, up. Yo, honey, dip, summertime, fine, jerry dripping. Seen you were pickings with a bunch of chickens, how you clicking? I kept shooting strong notes as we got close. She rock rope, honey throat, smelling like impulse. Your whole shell, baby's wicked like Nimrod. Caught me like a freshwater scrub, or may I not be God? Attitude is very rude, boo. Crabby like seafood. It turns me on like vines to your law rule. They call me Starky Love Hunt. Check the strategy by any means. Shirley Temple Cross was done by Billy Jeans. Black Mrs. America, your name is Erica, right? True. Ladies, Diablo, Smorphy, Six Shoe, Carmel Complex, and breath smelling like cinnamon. Excuse me, honey, don't mean no harm. Turn around again, goddamn, backyards banging like a Benzie. If I were Jiggy, you'd be spotted like Spot McKenzie. I'm high powered, put a Dina Howard to sleep, you're parting. That bitch been on my mind all week, but uh, back to you, Maybelline Queen, let's make a team. You can have anything in this world except cream. So, what you wanna do? What you wanna do? Let's go ahead and walk these dogs and represent Woo. Rock these rap niggas, get all up in your guts Prince vanilla butter, pecan chocolate deluxe Even caramel sundaes is getting touched And scooped in my ice cream truck, who tears it Challenge finest, what up, boo? Peace, your highness, yo, I'm lounging Big dick style, y'all niggas is the flyest Moves you're making, true fly choose is shaking out a rape patient You're looking good, fly colored Asian Ghettos, them is your hometown We could go the whole round After that, I'm shooting downtown I'm rocking hats and your wig is all intact Who's that Queen B chick, eyes curly black, freaks be moving in fly snakes, two finger rings and goatee, and ain't afraid to hold heat. So when I step in the square, dick, you better have cream this shit. Freakin' spin, I can get. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. Prince vanilla butter, pecan chocolate deluxe. Even caramel sundaes is getting touched. Scooped in my ice cream truck, who tears it up? Black chocolate girl, wonder shake ground like thunder. Politic to your deficit step, give me your number. Your sexy, persuasive, top. Ties and thighs, catch my-
my eyes like highs. I want to bodily surprise. Double down some time. Ice cream, you got me falling out like a cripple. I love you like I love my dick size. Ooh, baby, I miss you. Your sweet tender touches take pulls off the duchess. Orgasm in my mind, stay masturbating your clutches. I want you for self like wealth, so play me closely. Bitches, paranoia for this thing. Who want the most of me? Only a hard dozen wanna be calling me cousin. Thirsty for my catalog, baby. Shopping free of loving. Call me if you wanna get dug like the pockets. I just like a giant break wounds out of the sockets. Wu-Tang in the cut. For real niggas, what? It's the after party, your bitches wanna fuck. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. Prince Vanilla, what up? Who tears it up? Ice cold bitches melt down when in my clutch and want they titties sucked. Ice cream. Yeah. Your guts. French vanilla butter, pecan, chocolate deluxe. Even caramel sundaes is getting touched. Scooped in the ice cream truck. Who tears it up? Ice cold bitches melt down when in the clutch. They want their titties sucked. Ice cream. One love to my chocolate deluxes. Keep your nails done and your wigs tight. Hold up. One love to my brother Peek and Reekins for calling me Poppy. That's for red. One love to Caramel Sunday with the cherries on top. Yeah. And big up to my French Vanillas. Polly Wood, Francais, Mia Moore, Merci, Wee Wee, Bonbons, and all that good stuff. That good stuff.